when you hear from the Bible of Jonah, from the Bible, Jonah, what comes to your mind? Answer that in your heart, in your memory. What comes to mind? Jonah, usually it's Jonah and the whale. Jonah and the big fish. And that is certainly a very important part of this short, true, historical account of what happened. Very important part of it. But folk, that is just one important part of this great, great short book of only four chapters, and each chapter is short. Yes, it's about Jonah and the whale, or Jonah and the big fish, as Scripture calls this, a big fish. It does not use the word whale, but it uses the word big fish. But there's so much more. And for several weeks, I want us to keep coming back to this great short letter asking two questions. Lord, what are we to learn about you from these scriptures? What are we to learn about you? And secondly, what are we to learn about ourselves of who we are And the way we are to respond to you because of who you are. So, Lord, teach us of yourself, teach us of ourself, and of our responsibilities before you because of these truths. We just saw and heard the scripture read of what occurred. Jonah is a preacher, he's called a prophet. And God told the preacher prophet, Go to Nineveh, that city. It's a a large city, and it is evil. The people, the evil, the atrocities, the brutality, the torture they are inflicting upon those they conquer. Nineveh was the capital of the entire Assyrian Empire. And the Assyrians were very proud of their military success and exploits. And the defeat that they would bring upon people after people. And they were proud of how abusive and cruel they were. There are things that we know from history of what they would do and did to those they captured that because of our children, I cannot tell you. But I encourage you to do and learn about the Assyrians and what they did and the way they treated those they captured. And then they were so proud of it, the cruelty, the inhumane, treacherous brutality. They even depicted it. They would do paintings on the walls to show what they did to their captors. And God says to Noah, uh, Noah, Jonah, Jonah, you go to those people and you tell them that they are evil and that God will forgive them. That God will have grace. He will extend mercy He is willing to not treat them as they deserve. 
He is willing to welcome them into his family and give them what they do not deserve, adoption, if they'll repent of their sin and believe on the one to come. And God said, go. And Noah said, no way. No way would he, as a Jew, Hebrew, go to those non-Jews, Gentiles, who were so proud and arrogant and self-centered and the way they treated those they captured, the murder, the atrocities. No, I don't want them forgiven. You look at the fourth chapter and he tells us the reason he was hesitant. God, I knew you would forgive. I knew you were loving. I knew you cared, as I paraphrase, and that's the reason I didn't go. I didn't want them to have your mercy. I didn't want them forgiven. I didn't want them to have your patience. He tells us that. And he says, no, I'll not go to them. And so he attempted to go as far away as possible from Nineveh. He goes, he leaves where he is, he goes to Joppa. Joppa is a seaport city. And he goes to Joppa, he finds out among the ships there, the boats, the ships, hey, anyone going to Tarshish? Yeah, we are. Hey, can I catch a ride? And he paid his fare. And he must have made himself home at home quickly on that boat. Because it says he went to the inner part of the boat and went to sleep. And he's in a deep sleep according to Jonah chapter 1. And the Bible says God brought about a storm we would say a hurricane that frightened these certainly veteran sailors. They lived on the water. That was their life. And they're scared. They know their life is threatened. And to somehow survive, they began taking the cargo and throwing it into the water to lighten the load. They started saying to each other, who is your God? Call out to him. See if he'll save us. Call out to your God. See if he'll save us. Call out to any God. Where's Jonah? Where's Jonah? The captain goes down to the center of the boat and finds him sound asleep. And I'm paraphrasing. You go to the scriptures. In essence, what do you mean sleeping like this? We're going to all drown. Call on your God and see if he can save us. What are we to learn about God? And then we see, hey, Jonah says, I'm responsible. I'm responsible for this storm. I'm being disobedient to God. He's punishing all of us because of what I have done. I'm responsible. All you have to do is throw me overboard, and all will be well. They didn't want to. They were so hesitant. They did not want to be held accountable for a man's death and drowning. 
throw me overboard, I'm the problem. And so they did. They threw him overboard. And we know, and we're going to see it hopefully in greater detail, God, in the very midst of this storm, had that big fish right there. It's called sovereignty. The all-powerful, consuming goodness and power of strength of our Lord. Not only over nature, the storm, but over its creatures. God had that big fish right there at the very point where he was thrown overboard. He was hungry. (laughs) That big fish devoured him. And God kept Jonah alive for three days and three nights in the very belly, stomach of that big fish. And at just the right moment, God made that big fish sick. Just close enough to shore. It says on to shore. Big fish, vomit him out. And he did. Wow. What are we to learn about God in this passage? Now, folks, you may ask in your heart, you may be ridiculed by others. You may wonder in your heart, did this really happen? Did it really happen? Others may ridicule you or question you if you say, yeah, it happened. You really believe that? Folk, here's some good news. Is it just a good story? Jesus believed it. Jesus Christ himself knew that this was true. Because Jesus Christ used this historical, factual event in his own teaching. Look at what Jesus said in one of his sermons. Matthew 12, 40 through 41. Jesus is teaching. Just as Noah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus believed and knew this was a true historical event. And he used it to picture what was about to happen to him, that those soldiers would come and arrest him and beat him and murder, kill him. And take his dead body and place it in that grave. That's what it's going to be like, he says, like Noah. But Jesus continues, three days and three nights in the earth. The men of Nineveh, it's a true historical event, will rise up at the judgment with the generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. 
This is a true historical event. He was thrown into the water. He was swallowed. He stayed there. He was vomited up. And Noah, Jonah then eventually went to Nineveh. He did preach, and the people repented and accepted responsibility. So what do we learn? What do we learn about God? Here, family, this is what God is teaching us here and throughout the Bible. God has power. God has strength. It's his sovereignty over all nature and creation. This is what God deserves us to know and believe about him. It's his power. It's his strength. It's his sovereignty over who? All of nature and creation. Look again at these scriptures. What do we learn about God? In verse 14, verse 14, it is the Lord that hurled that great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest, tempest on the sea, and that the ship threatened to break up. God is taking responsibility for this storm that is threatening the lives of people. God says he did it. There's comfort. There's strength for you when there is a severe weather warning. For those who are facing hurricanes or tornadoes or floods or whatever we call natural disasters, God says he is in control. He is sovereign over even the weather. Verse 17, verse 17, it is the Lord that appointed that great fish to swallow Jonah. It was God that kept Jonah alive in the innards of that fish for three days and three nights. Take comfort. Is he your God? Is Jesus Christ your Lord? Take comfort. It was God himself, verse 10, that spoke to the fish. It was God that made that fish vomit Jonah out until dry land. Guys, Jesus was with his followers and it was time to pay taxes. And they didn't have money. They didn't have money to pay their taxes. And Jesus said, go, catch a fish and in that fish's mouth, pull out a coin, money. That's enough to pay the taxes. God's sovereignty, God's control, God's power and goodness upon his people. Take comfort, peace, strength, joy in whatever you're facing or will face. It's his power and his goodness over nature over creatures such as animals, big fish, 
nature, storms, and over the hearts of people. It is God that is compassionate and caring for the evil, wicked, evil and wicked people to come to repentance and believe on him. What do we learn about us? What do we learn about ourselves? From this scripture and from the Bible as a whole, we are sincerely selfish people. We're naturally arrogant. We're naturally focused on its our way. It's our joy. It's about us. Folk, we are naturally uncaring about others. People caught in evil and wicked, undeserving like us. Folk, we are far worse than we realize. We may think, well, we haven't, and we haven't. We're not guilty of those atrocities as these of Assyria. We haven't done the cruelty that they did, but our hearts, how's your heart toward others who are not like us? God cares. He goes after. How are we to respond? How are we to respond? What is the response? Ask Christ with sincerity. Christ who do you dislike? Who do you even hate? Who do you not want to hear of Jesus Christ? Who in your life say, no way do you want them to repent and enter into your family, Christ's family? Who is it? You don't want them to believe. You don't want them to hear. You don't want them to experience forgiveness. Secondly, who do you feel is beyond reach? Beyond reach. They're just so evil and wicked and hateful. And Not only do you not want them in the family, Christ's family, but they would never believe they're just beyond reach. Thirdly and lastly, where are you not believing that God can work? Among what group? Group of people. What culture? What nationality? God has been convicting me of my sin of prejudice. Not only racial prejudice, but social prejudice, cultural prejudice, looking at people who are not like me and not like you and thinking, I really don't care about you. I mean, you're so different. You, you look different. You, you smell different. You act different. You, you look different. You're different. Socially, race, you just don't fit my mold. That's sin. That's sin. 
Not only those around us, you see them, they're out on the streets, they're in Walmart, they're, you just see. But what about internationally? Are you burdened? Do you care for those who are running for their lives? Boys and girls, moms and dads that are fleeing for their lives. Do you care? The book of Hebrews tells us to remember these who are suffering, who are in Christ, as if we are there with them. I'm guilty of sin. I don't love them as I love myself. But Christ says we are to love them and care for them and sacrifice for them as if we are there. Are you, ask God to convict you of your sin if you are prejudiced. In race, you look at him and you say, you don't belong here. We don't want you. You're not one of us. Culturally, socially, financially. You don't belong here. How's your heart, family? The refugees. Boys and girls and families on the border. You're not one of us. Go away. Leave us alone. We don't want you. What does God think of our heart? Are we like Jonah? It's about me. It's about us. It's about our nation. What does the Bible say? The Bible must be our authority. Our ancestors, my ancestors, coming from the Scotch-Irish, probably every one of us, are the results of immigrants. Unless you are a Native American, we're all immigrants. Somebody welcomed us. Our ancestors. This is not a political issue. It's a biblical issue. What does God feel about the nations and our neighbors right here. What's his heart? His heart must be our heart. Lord, show us our sin. Show us how we're grieving and quenching your Holy Spirit. Change our hearts. Take it from us, their heart of stone. Give us a heart that's tender like your heart. What do we learn about God from the book of Jonah? This true historical, factual letter, book, that God is sovereign. That God controls nature. He brings the storms and he brings the calm. It's God that is in control of not only nature, but creatures. All creatures, large and small, even big fish that are at the right place 
at the right time. And then to vomit it back on dry land. That's who he is. Who is he? He's the one not only controlling nature and creatures, but the nations of the world. And he's saying to us, he's saying to us and to our neighbors and to the nations, he will have compassion on whom he will have compassion. Is sinful, self-absorbed people like us that he comes after. It's the sick, Jesus says, who needs the physician. It's not the well. The good news family is Jesus Christ went to the cross. He accepted the judgment and punishment he did not deserve to take the wrath of God in our place. If you'll repent of your sin, if you'll believe solely and only on Christ, you can know his grace, not only for the future, but for everyday living. Lord, give us your heart. Give us your heart for one another. Give us your heart for the neighbors. They're right here with us. And your nations of your world. Give us your heart. Ask him to do that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving your world so much your world, that you gave your one and only Son that whoever will believe on him will will not perish but have everlasting life. Teach us of yourself and teach us of the way we're to live before you and before one another and a watching, listening world. Convict us of our sin. Convince us of the righteousness of Christ to look to him and him only, to the praise of your glorious grace, the salvation of the lost, and the building up, the maturing of the family in Christ. Amen.